Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, Mr. BJ Shea. It worked. The device worked. I'm back. <laughs> and running the ports is Joey D's. Hi. 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 On today's show, I'll talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about video game news, and we are going to travel to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I wasn't sure where you were going. As we talk The Mandalorian and oh. The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of the Midichlorian. Oh, geez. Okay, fine. Yeah. He's over there. Vicky. <laughs> How can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's got all our podcast blogs, info, and more. 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 Sorry. <laughs> uh, more. Just, just type in BJ Geek Nation. Yeah. Um, we did have some technical difficulties. Our Facebook page may currently not be up as of yet, but you can still catch us on the Instagrams and Twitters, as well as iTunes and uh, radio.com. Yes, and leave us those five-star reviews on whichever way that you do listen to us. Yeah. Take a screenshot of that. Send it to us at bjgeeknation at gmail.com, and I will send you a completely random comic book that I ended up getting from the uh, Destiny City Comics GoFundMe when Ethan HD uh, was running with that. Uh, I got a big long box full of just completely and utterly random comics. Nice. One of those peoples who, one of those peoples, one of the people who did that was Jared Brown. So I sent him off a comic book, so we'll be expecting that in the mail if you haven't gotten it already. Thank you, Jared. And people, seriously, just uh, help us out on that. Give us some good reviews. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. Moving on right into all of this, we need some video game news because, well, we've got Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, that is SKNR.net. And Gareth, it's a new year, it's a new decade, kinda, unless you get all those nitpickers out there who will say it's not till 2021, but I don't care about that. I just want to hear you telling me about some new video game news. What do you got, dude? Okay, so first off, Borderlands 3, which won our Game of the Year award, has started off with one of their four uh, paid DLCs. Now, a lot of people get confused over this. There are free expansions that they put out, like the Halloween one they did recently, which was a limited-time event. There will probably be others down the road. Mm -hmm. But there are also going to be four paid campaigns. And the first one is Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot. Really? And, uh, it's quite clever. It's uh, For those who, obviously, if you played the game, you know who Moxie is, the mm-hmm. uh, body bartender. And she was briefly involved with Handsome Jack, who was the bad guy in prior games. Well, it turns out that he took her ideas for a fancy casino many years ago, And now that Jack's no longer in the picture, she wants to reclaim it. The problem is Jack has uh, set it up so essentially once you get in, you don't get out. And there's all sorts of little clever things like um, you can gamble, you could pay money to get into VIP rooms, there's uh, red light districts and stuff. (laughs) And they have this running joke that every time you destroy a robot or something, it's added to your tab that you have to pay for in order to be able to get out. And so essentially, you're trying to get into the tower, uh, defeat the people who are still there, and essentially gain control of it so Moxie can take over the casino and you can get a handsome reward in the process. That sounds pretty badass. I love that. 
yeah, it's a lot of fun. And some of the beautiful things that you can like go up to a slot machine and play it. Um, there's holographic recordings and stuff of Jack. So you get his, uh, sarcastic wit coming in. And of course you get the stuff that Borderlands is famous for, which is all sorts of new weapons on top of the, you know, they claim 1 billion guns and weapons that were available. You can uh, level up still. You can add, you know, get more skill points, customizations. So it's it's been a lot of fun. And, and you know, the original game is so long as it is with tons of side quests. This just adds even more to it. I know. It's one of those games that I've loved. I picked it up for the PlayStation 4, and I still have not beaten it yet. Just I, I realize that I'm just one of those people who will play every single side quest, and I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm probably never going to get to the end of it. I love how much replayability the game has, even if you do beat it. Absolutely, and that's what's beautiful. I went through it with only some side quests, and I pick at a couple of side quests now and then, but then uh, the DLC draws me back in to finish that <laughs> and then work on side quest in between DLC. What news do you have about the next Call of Duty game? Well, that is a really interesting story. What happened is, as you may remember, there are actually three companies that work on Call of Duty games for Activision. There's Infinity Ward, who created the series, Treyarch, who's famous for the Black Ops series, and then there's Sledgehammer, who... Uh, came in to do things like Advanced Warfare, uh, the very popular Call of Duty World War II. Well, it was their turn in the production schedule, so they were supposed to do the next game. But it's been announced that they're being skipped this year, and and uh, Treyarch are actually being moved up a year. Oh. And there's all sorts of speculation on this, because Call of Duty World War II did exceptionally well, so there's no problems there. The belief is that the layoffs that they had at Activision uh, that we talked about last year mm-hmm. may have gutted uh, various divisions of these companies in a big way. And if you look at the credits of the current Call of Duty, while it's an Infinity Ward game, you see that there are a lot of sub-companies attached to it. And one of the things we've been told is that it's very common to say, like, this company works on the core of the game, this company is going to do the multiplayer, this company is doing this, you know, part of the multiplayer because there's, you know, so many versions. There's the co-op, there's all the standard multiplays, there's the ground war mode, all of that. This company may be doing expansion. So there's a lot of belief that Sledgehammer is basically going to be in an assist role right now, and they are going to be assisting the Treyarch team in getting this game out. Um, Nobody's saying if it's Black Ops 5 or anything like that, but what we are hearing is just kind of what you would expect. There won't be any jetpacks or wall walking, anything like that. They're, you know, they took that walk with Advanced Warfare and Infinity War, Infinite Warfare. People didn't seem to go for it. They're back to the boots on the ground approach. Uh, but time frame setting, who knows? We'll probably get something by April, uh, which is usually when we get uh, some information on the game. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, E3 is when we start to get a kind of a first look trailers, and I would expect it in the store somewhere between October and November this year. Good call. Good call. I love that. I'd love to hear more information about that, and I know you keep on the pulse of that. And finally, there was a, uh, a game that really has piqued my interest because just on the title alone, Zombie Army 4. First off, I didn't know that there were one through three on Zombie Army, so you're going to have to fill me in on all this, dude. Okay, well, fortunately, if you've not played Zombie Army 1 through 3, it is available 
in a trilogy pack. You can get it for PC. There's a Nintendo Switch version coming out soon. Perfect. And Zombie Army 4 is due in a couple of months. We got to play it at E3. We actually have video of the game play up. And essentially, if you remember last year, I talked about a game that came out of nowhere that I really liked called Strange Brigade. I think we mm-hmm. talked about it the year before when I played it at E3. This is done by the same company, and it takes the same approach that it is a third-person shooter, but it also allows up to four people to play. So imagine that you have your different Ooh. classes of people and that you are in World War II fighting Nazi zombies. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously you do the things like you move around, you get grenades, you get weapons, you upgrade your weapons, and you fight horde uh, after horde, wave after wave of zombies. And so that is the, you know, the great thing I could say about it. If you basically like the idea of a World War II uh, four-person co-op from a third-person perspective... Then, and you want to take out some zombies, and this is the game for you. Man, that sounds awesome, and I love the fact that you can get the trilogy early on, so if you get this one right now, you can go ahead and see if it's something for you, and then beyond that, you can go back and get all of them. I love it, man. Absolutely, it, and it's tons of fun. I mean, if you want to just go through it on your own, fine. If you want to get up to you know three friends and go in as four player, you can. Or you can just take your uh, chances and, you know, see what the matchmaking has got for you. I would assume that they'll probably support it with DLC because Strange Brigade had a mix of paid and free DLC. So, uh, you know, I, I expect good things from this. Nice. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. You can get all the information about tech, about video games, about movies, so much more right there. Thank you, man. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. Again, SKNR.net for all of your news. Now, I know that he is traveling to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Oh, that is a huge show. It's massive. It's ridiculous. And we're going to cover some of that stuff next week. But if you want to get the up-to-date stuff, follow him on Facebook. I know he's posting stuff uh, uh, as often as he can put it out there. If you've never been to the CES show. Uh, and you have been. Yeah. It, it, you, we, and one of my buddies had an odometer that he, he he wanted to see just how much walking he did during the entire show. Oh, really? He did 10 miles of walking. Mm. Just just doing his everyday stuff to go places for the show. Because it's wow. not just at the convention center. Every hotel has a something. So you are going up and down the strip to see everything CES has to offer in every hotel's main function rooms, as well as the Las Vegas Convention Center. It's insanity. And the Las Vegas uh, Convention Center is no joke. We were huge. there for magic, and it was... It's gigantic. They used an itty-bitty space for it, and there were, like, other conventions going on while that one was. Oh, yeah, and this, that convention center can't even hold everything that is it. So they go and get the main function ballrooms of all the hotels that are around and fill those up with all these displays. Uh, It is is definitely a sight to see, uh, the CES, and so I'm interested to see what Gareth discovers this year. I'm very excited as well. Uh, Moving on into Star Wars chat, we did talk a lot about the Mandalorian, as we were going across the uh, last couple of months of the uh, 2019. Hey, Mando! But it didn't finish until we were already on our uh, holiday break. And so I wanted to get everyone's opinions of the show and how they resolved this first season. Did you guys hear the rumor that you needed to watch the episode that they released on a Wednesday, right before the Thursday and Friday release of Rise? 
Did you hear that you needed to see that because there was something in Mando that they wanted you to see before you got to see Rise of Skywalker? No, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I heard the rumor about this. Rise of Skywalker yet? What in the? Whoa! the? I was busy moving somebody's stuff to my house. Well, I mean, she's not a really big Star Wars fan anyway. She's seen the movies, but she's not. I'm excited to see this one, and I actually haven't gotten it spoiled yet. Surprisingly, have you seen uh, (laughs) seven and eight? Episode seven and eight? Oh, you have. Oh, well, then when we get into the chat, maybe we'll we'll just have you uh, leave the room because it it will definitely be full of spoilers. I had heard the rumor, and I thought, okay, I was thinking. Uh, and again, we're going full spoiler with Mandalorian, mm-hmm. right? Yes. yes. I thought, okay, this is awesome as I was doing my own time check. How old would Baby Yoda be at this time? You know, and like what level of development? Like, will it be like Teenage Groot? What are we going to see? <laughs> how, this, how many years is it? Uh, well, let's see. The Mandalorian was after episode f- episode six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is episode nine. So we're talking maybe 30 to 40 years, maybe. Oh, he's a little kid. Yeah. So I'm he's thinking. Kid, he'd yeah. be like teenage Groot, maybe. I don't, I, I don't think or, it'd be or toddler teenage. Groot. I'm thinking toddler or like a kindergartner. Yeah, you're Yoda right. Yeah, you're probably at right. Most. Well, it turns out Baby Yoda had was 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 actually Baby Yoda was part of the reason. Uh, and I want to know if you guys know why we had to see that episode first. It was the episode where Baby Yoda uh, was uh, helpful in somebody getting healthy. They wanted us to see oh. Baby Yoda force heal somebody. Okay, well, I mean, we're spoiling it. It was. Uh, What's his name from Rocky? Yeah, it was yeah. Carl Weathers' character, yeah. who I yeah. can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I was trying to be cool. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, and that was, yeah, okay, I guess that makes sense. But at the same point, like, you, I mean, if you watched The the Last Jedi, it, they do the same thing in terms of, like, having the, the different powers right. for the Force. So I just, I hadn't watched it by that point. Uh, and I didn't really necessarily make that connection. I was just like, yeah, this is just something that the Force can do. But also on that same point, I've played a bunch of like the Star Wars MMOs where they have Force healing. Oh, they so do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. What, my, my Jedi was a healer. So it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is just something See, you can do. So it didn't even, that didn't even register to for me. For us folks that, and this is the thing that I, you know, when we talk about Rise, uh, <laughs> apparently, you know, the, 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 what, what I, I don't think anyway that JJ and is getting enough credit for the fact that he he did go and dig deep into a lot of the other stuff to bring in at least aspects from the animated cartoons uh, and from the books. I mean, he didn't bring everything. He didn't bring all the canon, but he did bring instances, like you said, Rev, and, and the games, Force Healing, which I think that that's why they released that episode on Wednesday. They wanted us to yeah. see uh, Baby Yoda Force Heal, so it wouldn't be so weird when we saw uh, something else that Vicky's still in the room for that we can't say. Yeah. It Side makes note. sense on that, yeah. The yeah. memes for all the force healing stuff have been awesome. Just all the baby Yoda memes in right. general. Well, there's one where it's like Anakin, you know, adult whiny Anakin, and he's <laughs> asking, oh my God, I'm blanking on this dude's name. Which one's this one? Uh, where are we? Oh, uh, that's Palpatine. Palpatine. Okay, that's, that's what I thought, Emperor. but I, I was like, <laughs> I thought he was like creepier looking than that. Anyways. Oh, no. It's like, so is it possible to learn this power? It's like, dude, it's so easy. Anyone can do it. You don't even need to train to do it. You just got to put your hand over some, like a wound and wish real hard. Seriously, babies can do this. No (laughs) wonder they won't make you a master. You can't do something that even babies can do. You know what? I don't need you as an apprentice. I'm just going to wait for a few decades for our grandkids and they'll at least know, you know, what's the easiest force trick in the book. Executive Order 66, I'm done with you. Wow. Wow, Vicky, you really shouldn't be looking at memes. 
be, oh. oh, you don't you don't want this spoiled. You, I, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So luckily, like, you yeah, don't she know how understand you understand what's going on. Yeah, she's just, just, like, just move along. <laughs> you just almost, you just basically almost spoiled that for yourself. Move along, girl. But it's move also, along, girl. That's all I'm saying. Just keep moving. I'm just saying you, I, that meme almost spoiled it for you. Oh. Just move along. Uh, yeah. I, I seriously, like, when we were talking about uh, The Mandalorian before, I love the fact that it was uh, a space western. And it came yes. down to all that. But the thing that I loved also was that they brought everything together with the last two episodes, where they brought back characters that they were that they were getting to for each of the other episodes. We got to see uh, the I Have Spoken Nick Nolte character, which I can't remember the old little pig dude. Oh yeah, I loved him. Yeah. So there were like there, it was fun to, that they Quill? brought everything back together. Yes, Quill is. Thank you very much. I didn't honestly. I knew Nick Nolte was in this, and I totally forgot like to look for him. And now that you said it, I'm like, oh, my God, it is him. Yep. yep. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember he was in there. And I go, wait a second. Where the hell is he? And then I was like, oh, the voice. Yeah. The, the prosthetics maybe, too, as yeah. well on all that. But, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you say prosthetics. He, no, that's no. a that's a CGI guy. It's got to be, right? I thought it was like a puppety I think, thing. I think maybe the CGI in terms of like any scenes where he's walking around oh, because he's so. short. But I yeah. think for the up-close scenes. Oh, that, that was still, really him and stuff. I think it is. Oh, you're probably right. But just like in the same case is that most of the time it's Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian, but there are plenty of other times where he was not, and it turns out it was like John Wayne's grandson that was doing the uh, the other times whenever whenever Pedro wasn't in the costume and the armor, it was this other guy, and I was like, that was kind of a neat little sort of Easter egg that you can find out on that. I knew that Pedro was the dude, but at the same time, it was so weird in the reveal going, that is not what I expected him to look like, <laughs> even though I knew that Pedro was him in the first place, wait, and I know what Pedro looks like. Wait, is this before or after he fights the mountain? He's still has his eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, oh, and thank you by the way. Huh. I didn't know that was him. Oh, wait, wait I, which one? Yeah, the, the Viper. Yeah, Pedro oh, Pascal is the, the Viper, Viper in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I totally, I totally didn't realize that was him. <laughs> Again, really? you, you should look at memes because it says uh, he didn't wear a helmet. Now he never takes it off. Oh, <laughs> that, I totally missed those memes. Oh, thank you, Rev. I was like, where oh, do yeah, I know yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. from? He's yeah. also in Narcos. If you've seen any advertising on I Netflix that. for it, that's no. a good one. That's He's a good on one. There. As well, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't watch intense shows. So. Yeah, well, no, Narcos is a really, really good show too. Um. One of the things that was really kind of off-putting but I thought was fantastic was the beginning of the last episode where it's the two stormtroopers, first off, punching Baby Yoda, which is never cool. No. But, uh, but that whole segment was funny. It was so amazingly funny. A lot of people funny. love that sort of guys, just guys on the job having yeah. a conversation. And, and I think, wasn't that episode di- directed by... T- Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, yeah. Well, of course. Which makes it sense. Makes, the guy yeah. is so good at directing. Who was IG-11 as well, the uh, assassin droid slash nurse droid. He was just, yeah. I think, just the voice guy. I don't think he was the body guy. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, it was just, I think that one was just all CGI. And same with, like, the, the was it the the other one? He, uh, one of the characters from IT Crowd played him, and it was just the voice, but if you hear it, that's funny. You can tell it's him. And uh, Oh, really? One of the IT Crowd guys yeah, was in it? I believe it's the one... Give me a second. I'll tell you which All one right, it was. Yeah. One of the stormtroopers in that little scene there was actually Jason Sudeikis as well. Mm-hmm. That's which is, awesome. And it was it was really really out of place in the whole scope of the uh, the the series of this first season. But I also I just thought it was funny. It was a nice yeah. way to kind of lead into the final uh, the final episode, and then also like kind of get it right back. So we've got uh, uh, Baby Yoda, the child, uh, in back with Ig. Oh, two things. One, by the way, if anybody comes in and be like, hey, he's not Yoda. Oh, just, my God. I'm going to say right shut now. Shut up, Star Wars nerds. Just shut up. Yeah. Just stop. I mean, we don't care. It's a nickname. It's that's a all nickname. we're doing. And that's the easiest way to show what we're talking about. Of course, he's not 
infant Yoda. He is one of the species which has no name. So the which species is only we've one nicknamed character. is Yoda. Yeah. And I got to say this uh, because I forget who put them. A lot, of, a lot of my friends have been putting these memes up saying, guess what? You don't have to be a giant fan of anything to love something because there was somebody that posted, if you're, you're, you're only a true Star Wars fan. Oh, if you went, yeah. That if you viral did this, tweet. If you, if all of, yeah, all that. But then other people have turned around and said, no, you can be a fan if maybe you only watch the movies. You don't mm-hmm. have to read the books and play the games and you don't have to cosplay and you know and so i think yeah we can call it baby yoda because we're a nickname species we do that we come up with nicknames we know it's not yoda we know it's not yoda's baby we know that (laughs) but you know what what if it ended up being yoda's baby? exactly or what if they call it yoda because that's what their species do remember we know nothing about this species of creature Yeah, we know nothing about them. So I love how these geeks are just, you know, they're just miserable people. And I'm really tired of you because I'm an old geek. I was here long before you were born. And I'm <laughs> kicking you out of the group if you're going to be an idiot. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And this is, if, you, if you're going to get Disney Plus for anything, I suggest it for this. There's plenty of great other programming out there for it. I've but seen it's so worth, many princess movies. There's, shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is worth getting, even just for the trial. At this point, it's all, all done. Get the one-week trial, and then uh, go ahead and just binge it, and then you'll be good. It's enjoyable. You know, I didn't love The Mandalorian uh, completely every episode, but at the same time, uh, th- th- you know, there is just stuff that is so worth it. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is worth it. Oh, I'm so yeah. much. I'm so happy that he survived the crash. And how about that laser saber thingy he's got? And I've seen that in, I think, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, somebody carries one of those. All right, okay. So, uh, I was G- wondering about that. My daughter's boyfriend is huge into Star Wars Rebels, and he started re-watching all of it. I guess there were some <laughs> ships in Rise of Skywalker. There's a ship that's from Star Wars Rebels that shows up. There's a lot of love paid in the John Favreau J.J. universe to all of the Star Wars that's been out there. Mm-hmm. You can't have everything. You can't be super geeky. And I love both Favreau. At least Favreau people are loving what he's done. I mean, everybody uh-huh. loves The Mandalorian, sure. There's a lot of people taking a dump all over Rise. Mm-hmm. But congratulations to John Favreau, who uh, is just knocking it out of the park for all the stuff he's been doing. And I look forward to season two since they're both together. And it's well done. Very, very well done. Hell yeah. And I did find, I think, the post you were look, you were talking about that people have been sharing on Facebook. It's uh, It was originally a tweet by at Daily Wally, which is just Wally West, you know, from Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you're allowed to like a thing without knowing every single fact about it. You're allowed to like a movie without knowing every actor's name, a book without memorizing every page, a video game without knowing all the Easter eggs. Liking things isn't supposed to be stressful. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And I think uh, that's the point we need to really <laughs> capitalize on. So yeah, so you're absolutely right. And look, it's one thing to know a lot of cool stuff and you share it with your friends and go, hey, you're a fan of this. Did you know this was this and this was that? Rather than be a douche about it. And unfortunately, a lot of geeks, because they're socially awkward and should be in therapy because they don't know how to talk to people. I mean, really. I mean, I'm now starting to be that guy within my geek community where I will take my friends aside who are being douches and blame their social awkwardness on it and go, you know what? I get that you're socially awkward. I get that it's hard for for you and you know what happens when you're mean to people you go to therapy because you don't get to be mean to people because of your issues you get to go to therapy though because of your <laughs> issues and so your super smart intellect will not solve your mental health issues it's, it's like, time we, we can't be jerks otherwise we're bad as the jocks that we used to hate back in the it day it's very true when they say it's like what has happened to you in your life is not your fault but what you do afterwards to live your life everything that is on you and you know where you learned that lesson where therapy 
I was going to say Star Wars. Well, I was going to say ha, Harry ha. Potter. Oh, okay. We're not talking about Harry Potter. Well, I know, but I mean, it's, the lesson's everywhere. I mean, that's what they kept telling Harry. Just because you look like a Slytherin, because you can talk like a Slytherin, doesn't mean you're going to be Voldemort. It's the choices you make, Harry. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on from all of that. I did want to state the one thing that I wanted to go back to. Uh, the guy, Richard Aoid. Uh, from the IT crowd, he played oh, Maurice. Oh, he played wow. Zero in the uh, the uh, Prisoner episode, the one oh. where they go and try to get uh, the prisoner out. of Yeah, that. with Bill Burr, amazing. Co- Bill Burr was so funny. Comic in that, that was a side note. Somebody had commented, like, so knowing if Bill Burr is in Star Wars, that means somewhere in the Star Wars universe, there's a Star Wars Boston. Yes. Oh God, it's <laughs> so true. Think of that. Think of that. Yeah. Oh dear. Gonna pack your Falcon in the yard. <laughs> Maybe worse than and a, he did like a Jar Jar on Tatooine. No, he did like a little Jar Jar joke too, which I thought was a nice Easter egg. Oh, he's like Misa, Misa, something. Uh, he's making fun of. Oh him. Yeah, yeah, the Gungans because yeah. it does get brought up. Yeah, he's God. so I know. He's, I appreciate Bill Burr so good. But now, I, yeah. anyways, go ahead. Moving on from the Mandalorian, we need to no. talk about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Vicky, you might want to leave. All right, All right Vicky should leave. Yeah, and Joey D's is about to rant. Oh, uh, I don't th- want to rant. Yeah, see, oh, so I have a while then. Uh, no, okay. we're not. It's, we're not going to go super long on this. You say that now. I think Joe and I are. In the same camp on this, because I'll just preface this by saying I will probably never watch this movie again. Wow. Like I've already watched it twice. I wa yeah, I, I, I saw Force Awakens three times, like in the first week. I saw the The Last Jedi. I saw the or, uh, yeah, The Last Jedi. I've seen that twice, and I'll still go back and watch that one, I feel. But this one, no. No, I'm good, man. Yeah. This was kind of a flat ending to a saga for me. And yeah, I cannot, I will say this. I don't know why you think that. I know why Joey Dees thinks that. And and perhaps maybe, you know, um, before I say anything, I will let you two talk about maybe the big reasons why. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And, and, and because, but I don't think I will disagree with anything you say. But I am gonna be. I'm gonna be a major. I mean, I usually am not this. I will be a major apologist wow. for every reason why. But I am not gonna say you're wrong. Okay. It's the first time where I I've listened to all the criticism, and I hate listening to criticism of these Star Wars movies. I've been hearing mm-hmm. it yeah. since episode one. You know, <laughs> and one, two, three, seven, eight. I'm like, I'm I'm done. You know, yeah. And and, and Solo being told it's a pile when it's a really good movie. Uh, you know. But this time, everything Joey D said, everything I've read, and what you guys are probably about to say, I don't believe I'll disagree. I will just apologize, is Joe. all I will do. Joe, let's start it off, man. Uh, so, I mean, the biggest problem with this movie is that 8 doesn't exist. It makes 8 Thank you. not exist. It's Ex- not a movie anymore. The first, I think the first 20 minutes of the movie was them saying all of these things that none of these things happen. The Force isn't everywhere. It's not these things. And, yeah. it's, and it was just a total slap in the face to Ryan Johnson, who directed uh, the, the last one. And it just, that put me in a sour mood for the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then the first thing you see is you see Ray do something that the whole... And this is it's why I don't like the Mandalorian. Not why well, I don't like Mandalorian. And you can but, say what it is. We're doing yeah, a full spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray heals something, right? In mm-hmm. a very video game fashion sense where she heals something for no reason. And then all of a sudden the door is open. They escape their perilous situation. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, the whole Jedi idea, right, is that you can't bring people back from the dead. And that healing really doesn't exist within the world because they're not gods. That's the point. The Force is powerful, but it's more of an influencer than it is the overarching, 
you know, I can do anything I want. I'm going to, you know, thing. That's why Palpatine was always in the shadows, yada, yada, yada. And then this movie's like, well, just kidding, for really no reason. See, I'm kind of okay with that because, like I said previously, Force Healing has been in the universe before, uh, in the video games, and that's video game mechanics, and you kind of, you're alluding to that as well. Um, And my problem with that is that that's I feel that that's acceptable because they've already shown in the last movie that maybe not everybody knows what the force is and how they're working with it. We've only seen it used by specific people to do specific things. Why can't it do more? So I wasn't necessarily wrong with that. It was just the fact that they were just flat out ignoring everything from the last movie. Like, it's like, we're really sorry that this movie uh, was polarizing for people. So let's just go back to a nostalgia trip. Yeah. And my big thing is I get the idea that they want to ignore eight. And then so they go into nine with the whole, well, Palpatine's supposed to be the big spoiler, which should have happened at the end of eight, just like Darth Vader was the big spoiler at the end of five, right? Mm-hmm. Like that they're doing the same movies. Like there's no yeah. joke about that. They told you that in, in seven, right? So you get to nine and okay, well, the big reveal is not a big reveal. You know Palpatine's alive now. Yeah. And he's apparently been Snoke and was in eight, but they didn't really tie that together for any reason. And then nine brings in all of these rule, not rule breaking, but exaggerations of the force at mm-hmm. best, right? Yeah. And it's like, why? You don't need to do that. Your plot is raise a Palpatine, tell that plot. Don't make me jump and believe, well, now Ray can bring humans back to life when Darth Vader's whole arc is that you can't do that for an exact reason that you don't get to play God. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I. so the whole time in the movie, I'm thinking, yeah, this is cool. Like, I, I enjoy that Ray is a Palpatine, but... It's just that the ending is, oh, I, I can just do whatever I want. And yeah. I can I can now take down a thousand ships as the Dark Emperor. And it's like the cool part about 4, 5, and 6 is that the world mattered. Yeah. Like the, the resistance mattered and the players mattered. But in this one, you're kind of just like none of these characters matter because I know that Rey is the only one is because of the, and the, and, oh, the ending with – She's a Skywalker. And I'm like, you made the whole point that her parents made a sacrifice as Palpatine's. So she portrays her family. Name. It's yeah. just like, it's such a yeah. slap in the face. It's oh, like, no, I, oh, I absolutely agree. Oh. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, I agree with the slap in the face. Some of your reasoning I don't necessarily agree with, but I see where you're coming from with all those. And BJ? <laughs> okay, so as I told you, all I can do is apologize. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, because uh, uh, Joey Dees and I, we saw the movie twice. Mm-hmm. He, he saw it by himself one time. I saw it the first night. It came out with a room full of people. I will tell you this. Saw it with young kids as well as people my, uh, okay. that are a little younger than me. Saw it with many different Star Wars fans of, of the ages. 12-year-old, 10-year-old, uh, 40-something-year-old, you know, 30-something-year-old, me 100 years old. Uh, <laughs> and, and the kids loved it. This is going to be... The eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old watching episode four for the first time or watching episode one for the first time, they will always love this, even though the person who was eight that saw episode four hated episode one, and the people who saw episode one when they were eight hated episode seven and eight. You know, it's just good, you know, as they're older. And 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 I'll agree to that end, too, because it's visually a stunning movie. Like, there's, like, with the technology these days and that first couple of scenes where he's, uh, like, hyperspace jumping the Millennium Falcon through like planets and cityscapes that was amazing and the and my friend's daughter who's 12 who saw it you, you know you ask her who was her favorite character Ray 
Yeah, and everybody as it be. everybody has criticized the hell out of Ray's performance in all of these movies, and I would argue. I'm sorry, but look at Mark Hamill. Mark yeah. Hamill has never been a great actor. I know I'm going to get uh, I'm going to people <laughs> going to hate me because I realize he was great as the Joker. But I mean, the thing is, is that Mark yeah. Hamill is not a great as actor. Luke, he, he was he yeah. was rough at best. He was Keanu Reeves in the Matrix, <laughs> is what he was. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, here's a kid that doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he's just learning something. And I mean, I think arguably his worst performance was probably the evolved Luke in Episode Six. Because he didn't really buy, I didn't buy that after a year, he was a massive Jedi master that could do all of these things, Mm -hmm. which is why I laugh at anybody who wants to have an argument about continuity. I'm like, really? (laughs) You don't have a problem with a year later after basically he gets his ass kicked that he can turn around and beat the crap? training, man. I mean, he can beat the crap out of the best Jedi ever and cut his hand off, Darth Vader? Really? Okay. You know, yeah, exactly. So there's there's no way anyone's ever going to be able to fight with me and tell me that one, two, and three is more flawed than episode six or even seven, eight. But here's my apology. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And guys, <laughs> it's an apology. This will do nothing to change your mind about what you're saying because everything you both said is absolutely correct. And I will tell you it's even worse. The Princess Leia scenes were horrible. They were really bad. They were horrible. Here's my apology. J.J. Abrams, and look, he may never admit this, but... The Ryan Johnson blowback from the fans was so intense. And here you are, J.J., who says himself, I don't really do like endings well. I have a hard time with that. You know, feeling the pressure of all of it. You, you know, as this guy has got to save the franchise, even yeah. though Episode Eight was critically one of the best Star Wars movies out there. Um, he, I think, said, okay, everybody hates Rose, and everybody hated this, and everybody hated that, so we'll just, like you said, do a redo, which is like, no, not everybody hated that. And yeah. the, and you know why? Because it was actually a decent movie. I really wish, J.J., you didn't buy into the hype of that. That's the one apology. I think he really thought he was doing the right thing by basically oh, jettisoning. Yeah. I wanted to see more Benicio Del Toro's character. I'm yeah, like, he just stopped existing. Yeah, where did he go? I do make Rose. Rose should have been the girl on the horseback of episode nine, the one that mm-hmm. basically that you know uh, that Finn buddies up to. Why could that not have been Rose? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and, and or or in some way, shape, or form, have Rose have a similar backstory. You know that you 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 put them together. Why did all of a sudden she become nobody except? Let's try to make Princess Leia's really horribly cut scenes seem like they mean something. And Rose will be there like so many other people were there. Here's the other thing I will apologize for. There was a decision. This is my belief. I haven't read it anywhere. But I really, really believe that they expected to make Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia to be as amazing as we've all wanted her to be. And they were going to make this a great... And I think this was probably back when J.J. took the franchise over. It it was like, you know who's going to be the star of this? Han will be... It'll be his movie in Episode Mm 7. Luke's movie will be Episode Mm 8. And Leia's movie will be Episode 9. I've heard rumors that the the last Skywalker was supposed to be Leia. And I mean, they showed that because she was training with lightsabers and the Force. And they would have shown so much more... Two things, Rev, that I realized destroyed this, and I wish they would have figured this out from Episode 7. 
And I, it probably was hard for them to sit and do because she was such a beloved character. But Carrie Fisher was really not that good in episode seven. And here's why. I think she was really ill. She's a mm. better actor than she... I mean, you saw Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was great. Yeah. Carrie Fisher was not. She was wooden. She was stiff. She tried to look like she was being, you know, emote things and say things. But I, knowing how great of an actor she is, and not just in Star Wars, I've loved her and everything she's done. Yeah. I remember watching episode seven going, what is wrong with her? Is she okay? So when she passed away... It was not a surprise to me. So when you have your script, your plot, hinging on a character who needs to be amazing, but the actor is ill, it was, I mean, I think that they were stuck. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Because the, everything was about Ray, and they knew Ray was going to basically come into her own because of Leia. Yeah. And they stuck yeah. with the storyline even after her death. They tried to make it look like she was impactful. And of course, it was going to be impactful, obviously, on Ben's life, too. And it just didn't, it fell flat. And I apologize because I know what they wanted to do. Yeah. Also, I, I'm, an, I'm an emotional guy uh, being in therapy. I think a lot of geeks. If they're not in touch with their emotions, miss a lot in these movies. But the Ray story arc with with uh, Ben yeah. was a beautiful story arc that I think really went over a lot of people's heads. I uh, I thought immediately this was a love story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And some people did not buy that, but I immediately thought, I think these two are in love with each other and on some deep level and some force level. And also... Nobody knew because it wasn't explained very well, but we have seen examples of this. But every time we see a Jedi, they're more powerful than The Last Jedi, but they've never really explained it very well. These two are the most powerful Jedi that have ever been, but it's not explained very well. Yeah. They always call her a Mary Sue, and I've said, no, she's not a Mary Sue. She is a, a, powerful, all of this. She's yeah. a powerful Jedi, just like Luke was, just like Anakin was. Just like Qui-Gon was. Remember when Yoda was like, Qui-Gon found out something new that none of us know. And you know what? He said this right at the end of episode one. <laughs> that was really good. He, he's going to teach you something that we didn't even know about. And here's the, big, here's the big emotional lesson they wanted to teach that I think went over people's heads. Why did they give us force healing? Why did they show that you could bring back life? I think they wanted to show that the path of love and not the path of fear could do the impossible, which is, you know, basically it was fear that, you know, dar- that Palpatine kept influencing Anakin going, mm-hmm. the only way you can save your girl is if you sit there, <laughs> you, you kill all the younglings. And eventually, I th- but they did a really clunky job with it. I think and that's why I'm apologizing. Yeah. And I think the whole thing was clunky. When it comes down to it, it yeah. was running to beautiful places by skipping plot points. Yeah. And that's the reason why it's basically come down to why I it just, it. I'm glad... I felt relief having watched it because I I'm done with the series and the Palpatine. And I'm not done with Star Wars. I'm just done with and, the Skywalker saga. And Joey's right. The trailer is not the place to reveal that Palpatine's alive. And I swear <laughs> that's what they just expected yeah, us to do. How about the film crawl? Because yeah, that's well, where they did it. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I mean. They expected us to go. Oh, we all know Palpatine's alive because of the trailer. So the film crawl just confirms the trailer. No. That mm-hmm. was horrible. You, do, Joey's right. That should have been the reveal at the end of episode yeah. eight. That should have been the great surprise that Palpatine's involved and we see the clone vats of, of, of Snoke. Yeah. We should have seen that at the mm-hmm. end of episode eight. Bad decisions. And, it really is. And to your point, eight should also further that love story if they want it between Kylo and her because in eight, 
It's definitely not, right? It's about uh, uh, Finn and her because Ren is mostly evil in seven. And so it's like when you get to eight, you're like, oh, okay, maybe they do have a connection. But the whole series is Finn going after to save her and then both being very intertwined. And so when you get to nine, you're like, well, and here's the thing with that. It turns out, see, and here's the clunky thing of that. They were doing the Lost League. Here's what they wanted from us. They were doing the Luke, Leia, Han situation with Finn and Ren and uh, and, and, and Ray. That's what they were. Kylo. They were they they were doing the thing. So they they clumsily like the, the entire yeah. movie was like, I have something I want to tell you. I have something I want to tell you. Everybody thought, and he, I, even some of my friends still thought this is what he was going to tell her. Is they was in love with her. That's no, never what he was going to tell. Her. No, it's the fact that he could sense the force exactly. powers. Exactly, and that's another callback. And it's like they dumped that whole storyline because that was what was going on in episode eight and they didn't want to have anything to do with that not everyone gets force powers apparently only skywalkers and, and i believe that jj was trolling the crap out of him in nine by doing that i because, feel that too because it's like why would you <laughs> the whole point is it ain't that they were doing that and then you're like you're just haha i'm not going to really tell you what he's saying yeah did you make the connection that it's force power well, yeah, because I yeah. read afterwards online that that's yeah. more likely what it's going to be. But exactly. like, why would you do that? Yeah. So it's I, so clunky. It's uh, so and clunky. I, 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 I respect the fact that you still love it for the reasons why you do. And I have to apologize a yeah, lot to myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love it, but I really did love the Ray story. I, I knew what they wanted to do, or at least I made up in my head yeah. what I would have done. Fill in your blanks and you'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. But, you know, normally I fight like hell with both of you and go, you know what? It's great. It's like, no, you're absolutely right. I have to apologize and suspend a lot of reality for that to be a good movie. And you can blame Poe, too, to be honest with you. His character got way too big outside the movies. He should have never been and in general. And what happened is they changed the dynamic in the last movie to be not about Kylo Ren and to be more about Poe, Finn, and her because they're like, well, this is the original three now. Yeah. Perfect. And oh, they, uh, they ruined Poe in episode eight. See, now that's the one problem I have with Ryan Johnson is they ruined him in episode eight. You know, he, he, it would have been better if yeah. he would have had a redemption arc. Like if eight, like like having the failings and screwing up as much as he did, like to have a sort of arc where he can. And I think again, it's the it's the with Carrie Fisher passing. They immediately just have to insert him as uh, the de facto yep. leader of the rebellion because they had no one else at that point. Yeah. You know? it's, so yeah, it's, it's there's uh, a lot of missteps, a yeah. lot of. And issues. I don't know what they would have done. I just don't, I don't know either, what JJ yeah. could have done to yeah. change Ray's arc, not having mm-hmm. Princess Leia involved. I mean, it was a tough devil's choice. I don't know what. I'm, uh, I'm uh, yeah. absolutely expecting many emails from this. And if you want to send us emails, yes. bjgeeknationgmail.com. We love all of that. But now let's get Vicky back in the room because it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky. I know that January typically is a vast wasteland for the movies that are coming out, but it's still Friday. Yeah. Do we have movies? Uh, there is a couple, and there is one that is getting verily, you know, verily, verily high. Verily high. And both <laughs> ratings, both the tomato meter and the audience score. And this kind of falls into this weird, is it nerdy? Is it oh. not category? What's that? 1917. Oh, oh, yes. It is, you know, for those who are really into war movies, and it says at the height of the First World War, two young British soldiers um, are given a seemingly impossible mission. In a race against time, they must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers 
um, which is one of the uh, one of these two soldiers' brothers is amongst mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for I guess every single movie that I've watched recently. Yep, and it looks super intense. But it, I mean, I get that like for film nerds, this will be really fun. War nerds. Yeah, I'm not necessarily like, okay, here, quite uh, I, too I, I, I down got, for. I, I got a I got something that might might make it a little bit more nerdy. Okay. Oh, uh, are you talking about the same movie? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, because the actors that are in it. Oh. We have Dean Charles Chapman, also known as Tommen from Game of Thrones. Oh, and yeah, he actually, he's he really. Oh, is I that him? I, yeah. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. It's like, how do I know him? I'm he's like, Look uh, at that baby face. He's recently <laughs> been into the. He was in Into the Badlands and played a character in that for a while too, which was pretty a pretty wild character. He's yeah, he's all of a sudden become the it guy after he jumped off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's taking his time. He's not like busting out a whole bunch or hasn't beforehand. Actually, this year he's got two movies and or last year was two movies and this year is one other movie so I feel like we'll be seeing more from him and playing his brother is a Stark Richard Madden oh are they allowed to do that I know right <laughs> that's but very bizarre here's the thing too well, we also have Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty in this what, what, what? Benedict Cumberbatch and Andrew Scott Wow. From the BBC, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Andrew Scott is in everything. If if you also watch Fleabag, he was the priest in Fleabag. I mean, Andrew Scott is so good. He had a great, I think he probably had the best episode of the season of uh, Black Mirror. Uh, where he played the crazy guy that wanted to talk to basically the Mark Zuckerberg guy, oh, which was played oh, by Topher Grace. Yeah, that yeah. was him. Yeah, that was Andrew Scott. Wow. Yeah, he's okay. He's a great actor. That was he's a powerful so episode too. Have you watched Sherlock by chance, the oh. BBC version? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say. He I haven't is... watched all of them. Okay. It was up until Moriarty. I mean, spoiler alert, yeah. kills himself. But so that's as far as I got, and I know there was more beyond that. Uh, because of the way, oh, they, yeah. the, the way they do, they uh, they do the the episodes after that. You still see more of Andrew Scott and he is fantastic. Also in 1917 is a Kingsman, Colin Firth. Yep. Oh, Colin Firth is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he So, really, I mean, there's is, a lot of uh, geek cred in there, some really mm-hmm. good actors. Mark Strong is also in this. So, if you're down oh, for that sort of stuff, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a heavy movie, but at the same point, too, the action looks very, very amazing. And the unique thing I heard is this is supposedly filmed in a way that it's supposed to be like one continuous shot. Like, Whoa. like the really? camera. Yeah, that's what I'd heard that the camera basically, it's mm. like it's only one, it's made to look like it's only one camera, and the camera follows the entire whatever's going on in the movie. That's oh, what very, I heard. Very yeah. Birdman like. Yeah. You guys remember Birdman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this that actually wow. And it's getting yeah. rave reviews like Vicky Maybe said. Yeah, we'll have to go see. They're saying this. this could be an Academy Award winner. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes with 95% audience score. I don't, you know, I mean I don't really care about the subject matter cuz really photography that, yeah. that that really brings me in the that film might geek me. in me that actually ooh, yeah. And the trailer does tell you exactly what the synopsis tell you. They tell you right off the bat that's their job. They've got to basically get a message mm-hmm. to a bunch of British troops that are about to walk into basically an ambush and they need to save their lives by saying don't do what you're about to do. And these two dudes have to find a way to get over there and get it to them. I mean, with like war movies like that, especially if they're based on, you know, real events, you can't really, you can't get mad if the trailer tells you basically what's going to happen because (laughs) it's already happened, bro. It's like, what? The Titanic is sinking in the trailer? No. Thanks, Vic. (laughs) I had a person who was legit mad once uh, about somebody spoiling the ending of Titanic. That's hysterical. Yeah. That really, really is yeah, hysterical. Yeah, she wasn't that smart. Uh, yeah. I do have one more movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this one probably is a little bit more on the uh, nerd side. It is called Underwater, and I've been hearing a lot of commercials for oh, this. Oh, yeah. It's got Kristen Stewart. Uh, TJ Miller is also in this. Oh, really? Wow. But this is more of like a suspense type movie. 
Okay. Um, is it underwater, maybe? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just think al- it's like alien, except underwater. Mm-hmm. Which, a a oh. crew of underwater researchers must scramble to Good safety call. after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. And so all the commercials, because we hear some of them on the radio station, uh, they're saying, like, we know more about the surface on the moon than we do of our own oceans. And, oh, and it's very true. And if some nice. people are kind of confused as to why someone like T.J. Miller may be in this, if you remember Cloverfield, mm-hmm. that was T.J. Miller's debut. Yep. So this is nothing ah. that's too far away from what he's done in the past. I forgot he was in that movie. I have not. <laughs> well, it looks like, um, I'm sure you guys all love this show, Iron Fist, uh, the gal who was in Iron Fist is also in this. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what this Iron Fist yeah, yeah, it doesn't is. Yeah, is that a show? Yeah. Is that a uh, thing? Yeah, it's something that we that Marvel would like to forget. Oh, it was a good comic book. Uh, Were there any ratings for uh, uh, Underwater at this point? Uh, at this point, no, nothing with the audience score, but only 47%. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. well, I mean... See, 1917. Yeah, and... I, if you're into these sort of horror type movies, it seems like it's January, so take it with a grain of salt on all that. Also, the critics' ratings, because mm-hmm. you may really love these, and critics are just going to poo on it anyway. Right. But uh, let us know what you think if you do go see them. And until next time, stay nerdy.